The date is Friday, March 26th, and you're listening to Entertain This, a thought-provoking podcast encapsulating all things entertainment. Streaming services have allowed us to watch new films even under the ongoing Global Panda Express, which forced many theaters to shut their doors in 2020. And you'd think that directors would be happy that more people are able to experience their films in the comfort of their own homes. That's not the case. We've brought on a special guest to talk us through just that. So enjoy. Hey, it's us. Hi. Surprise. Hi. Guess who was behind the Entertain This logo? That's right. It was your friendly neighborhood boys here to talk to you once again about all things entertainment. Mm-hmm. It's Entertain This. Entertain This. Welcome back. Another week has passed, and here we are yet again, taking on the mighty microphone to speak with you about all things entertainment. Not only has another week passed, but another month, the uh, first month of the year. Technically, no, this is our first guest of the year, isn't it? Second. It's our second guest of the year. Who was our first? Wait, I'm second? Yeah. Your second guest. This was uh, More Magazine, don't you remember? Oh, yes. Uh We did start the year with More Magazine. So yep, you're yeah. our second. Clearly, they weren't as important because you forgot. So. We've had a lot of guests yeah. over the the past year, but <laughs> yeah, welcome trying, back. Uh, I was also trying to think if if Doctor Stephen Price was this year, last year, and I cannot remember. I can't either. I think it was I last it was year, this though. Year, actually, yeah. yeah. Who knows? We don't even know the lore of our own show. Somebody out there probably <laughs> knows, but it's <laughs> not us. Uh, but <laughs> wait, there's canon. Oh no, he cut out. I don't know what his great goof was. No. <laughs> I said, I said, is this canon? This is canon. Mm. This is part of it. Yeah, okay, eventually we're going to end up right. having like our own wiki page of entertain this lore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> oh, yeah. No, yeah. we're deep in the trenches now. Once people start figuring out the clues for the ARG we've been carefully and meticulously laying out for the totally. past year, they're going to get into it mm-hmm. pretty big. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. I haven't heard of this. Um, Nick, but long time. Longtime fans of the show might rec- recognize the uh, voice that is so gently uh, cusping their ears from our Universal versus Disney debate. One of the best um, we've ever done. Yeah, one of the one of the better episodes <laughs> of Entertain This, I would argue. It's definitely one that uh, when people ask me about the show, it's one that I suggest they go and listen to. Oh. But uh, from from that spire from which we built, we welcome Nick Wolf. Welcome back, buddy. thank you guys this is uh i it's funny that you bring that up because it's just like i mean not to divulge details but like that like feels like a lifetime ago as far as like where i've been in my life so and it's what maybe less than a year (laughs) from when we recorded basically so like it's just it feels like i've journeyed like cross country and in some regards i kind of yeah so I'm delighted to be back, and thank you for letting me be so on for sure. it's fun mm-hmm. the At the time, you were you were living down in Florida, you're working at Universal, but you're actually mm-hmm. back up here in Cincinnati with us right now, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. pretty awesome to have yep. you back up here with us. I know that you and I have been hanging out a lot more recently. It's been it's been a, a blast. Yeah. Um, but we're we're happy to have you on the show. I think that you've brought an interesting topic for us to discuss this month with you. Um. So let's just delve right into it, and I'll 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 throw throw the keys to this car to you, and you can take us on a little drive. <laughs> oh shoot! You're you're just gonna hand it over mm-hmm. to me, just one hundred percent. Well, I should know before we get started. Just I, I don't know if this is per normal of how you guys do things when you typically record, but and I I uh, I. I feel bad dating this, but today is St. Patty's Correct, Day. Correct, it is. <laughs> hey. uh, so we all are, you know, we're all drinking our respective uh, alcoholic bevies. Mm-hmm. 
um, except for what the aptly named Thick yep. Nick. <laughs> Thick Nick wants Nick. to keep his he sleep is... schedule okay, so he's yep. he's going to be because abstaining. Because said I was too thick, so I got to stop drinking. That's what he said. You know that we're a visual medium now yeah. too, Nick, so they can see you. Caught. <laughs> Who knows what you're hiding in that that good old container yeah, of yours? That hydro flask yeah. of yours. And we know too, Nick, because the, the only flask. size of t-shirts that you ordered of Entertain This are size medium. That's true. If anybody That's would like wearing. to buy a media, a strictly medium, entertain this T-shirt, uh, Nick, go ahead and model those for us, thick Nick. Let's see it. Stand up. Give him uh, a little. I can't. This chair yes, you can. Me. No, you can do it. Hold on. We here believe we go. in God, you. People who listen to our podcast. People who listen to our podcast. <laughs> they they are there loving this right now. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, it's a red T-shirt with our logo on it. You can reach out to Nick on some social media, and he will probably hook you up and probably not who knows he yeah. only has medium so if you're any size other than a medium like you can me. yell at him profusely yeah, until as he I orders have. other sizes we're mm-hmm. gonna have dark mode soon i'm gonna order all different sizes we're gonna oh. have a black t-shirt and it's gonna have the entertain this logo on I'll it take that. yeah it's i'll take one of those too all right give like me your that. sizes this time well, i need it in black. Uh, not yeah, a medium I, I also like it in black please i have to keep my my techie blacks going mm-hmm. uh but but that being said, I am wearing green today, so I'm glad that you did date it. It looks like you're wearing green as well. Look at you. Yeah. Wow. Very nice. I'm not Irish. I don't feel obligated to participate in this holiday. You're both too far away to pinch, but just know spiritually I'm <laughs> pinching you. My butt. It's okay. I feel like I'm more in line with the spirit since I'm drinking Telemore Dew, a fantastic Irish whiskey. Well, I'm drinking Guinness, well, well known in Dublin it. as doesn't make you more as a Irish. Beer. No, my my red goatee that grows in does because I mm. I grow a blonde mustache and a red goatee. It's terrible. It's that little bit of <laughs> Irish in You've me. You've been cursed by a leprechaun. <laughs> it's, it's bad, man. I'm not very happy about it. No, you're at like that uh, like fifth day of the transformation from the thirteenth year. No, it was luck of the Irish. You luck of the Irish. Got him. Sorry, sorry. I got Nailed my, my decon. Both are transformation yeah. related films. You're right. <laughs> Both are transformation. Luck of the so. Irish now streaming on I'll Disney Plus. Go check it out. Fuck WandaVision. Just watch that. Yep. Hey. Nah, WandaVision's great. Yeah, I was about to say. I've only seen the <laughs> first two episodes. Throw my girl Wanda out there. Nick's about to virtually punch you <laughs> in the screen. Falcon punch anyway, we, we've, we've delved away from the topic at hand for too long. I'm sure they're all sitting on the edge of their seats wondering how we're going to get around to the topic that we've titled this podcast episode. What are we talking about today? Oh, you mean we didn't naturally segue into it? We <laughs> we have to revert course. Well, that would be on you on since you're the only one here who actually knows what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> what are we talking about? None of you guys were briefed. I briefed nope. them. None of you guys nope. know. I briefed I them a Sorry. while ago. I intentionally this forgot. Is weird because Alex is saying one thing and the other two guys are saying something completely different. Nick, I feel, I feel okay. like you might be avoiding it. I'm not avoiding it. Uh, let us tarry no bite further. Bite the bullet. Um, <laughs> I will bite the bullet. So I I approached Alex with this topic because it's something that's near and dear to me, and it's fairly recent in the zeitgeist of current events. Um, oh wait, we are Good in the word. throes. Sorry. Note: Everybody was briefed on this because we've been leading up to it for like five weeks now. He's been doing segments um, in the middle yeah. of our show. To lead up to this, so I was right. Okay, well, I don't want to spoil it. I don't want you to steal your thunder. Loosely. I didn't even know I was doing the quick this today, Alex. <laughs> That's not my fault. 
Michael lives on Mars. That's the problem. <laughs> I got my Elon flight Musk through money. Elon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Please continue. So it's a. It was a. It was a loose follow up. Um, over the course of the preceding weeks that we've had with my little, I guess, quick mini reviews. Um, so you can probably guess that the topic of conversation today on this episode is going to pertain to movies. More specifically, what I want to talk about is the recent decision that was made, I think, in the middle of last year during uh, the pan, uh, Pandemic Express or however you aptly... The, the Worldwide uh, Panda Express. Mm-hmm. There it is. There it is. Cool. Um, so in the, in the middle of that, uh, Warner Brothers and HBO, mm-hmm. right? They, they, they are together. They are one. They came out and said, hey, basically... All of our entire 2021 slate of films is going to be directly on HBO Max the same day as it's going to be in theaters for no extra charge. Um, and that, that's the entire slate. So from January of, of this year now, 2021, to the, to the end, December, all of their major releases are going to premiere day and date on streaming services in the comfort of your own home and in theaters. And... That's the basic sort of um, jumping off point that we're going to get to. I, I want to talk about, I'll, I'll briefly cover the scope of that in the sense of like what movies are captured in that in the 2020 uh, release schedule for Warner Brothers, because it's a it's a big swath of huge movies that it's going to be very interesting to see these big tentpole superhero blockbusters. How do they fare in theaters versus how will they premiere for basically free uh, on HBO Max in people's homes. So I want to go over that, and I want to go over two particular directors' response to this decision. And then I want to have a conversation with you guys about what do you think that this means for the future of cinema, Uh, more specifically movie houses, right? You know, your Regals, your Cinemarks, AMC, Mm -hmm. and smaller mom-and-pop chains like the Esquire Theater that's just like up the road here in the Cincinnati area, Right. right? So that's kind of the blueprint of the things that I want to talk about with you guys. Um, Where where do you want to begin, guys? Uh, Were you guys aware of this? And what do you guys think of this just sort of as a blanket, you know, gut reaction of how do you feel about this proposal and this plan that they're, you know, it's March now. So they're kind of three months ish into this whole release strategy. What do you guys think? about? So my first question would be for these studios, um, at least in my head. They make most of the money back from the film through box office, through like the money they make in Mm -hmm. theaters and uh, stuff like that. And then at least the way it's always worked in my small peanut cave caveman mind is that anything they get from home video releases is extra on top. Um, And that's talking like back before streaming, like DVDs, VHS, like any of that money was like, oh, that's bonus or like merchandise. Oh, that's like bonus. Um. So my question would be, if they're not doing theatrical releases, do they still somehow break even through the subscriptions to HBO Max or what's their like monetary plan here? Hmm. Well, so the the details are, well, it is it is still a theatrical uh, run, sure. right? So let's let's take, exi- for example, the one that's coming up here this month in like, I think, a week or two, actually, mm-hmm. uh, Kong versus Godzilla Ooh. or Co- Godzilla versus Kong, depending on uh 
where you uh, where your allegiance yeah. is. <laughs> Which one do you think is the protagonist? Uh, <laughs> Wait, can we stop real quick and just well, take a quick the, a quick yeah. s- uh, just survey on who we're rooting for in the big game that's coming up? The only one that matters: <laughs> Kong versus mm. Godzilla. I'll be honest, and win? I'll break the ice. I'm I'm Team Godzilla. He's my OG boy, and okay. I think he's cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kong. King Kong, to be exact. Okay. <laughs> he's you a can, gorilla? It's okay Ooh. to be wrong. What about you guys? Well, he's a big guy. He's a big gorilla. He will be king. He will be king once he whoops Godzilla's there ass. We and, and <laughs> we takes. Because at, at the end of King of Monsters, Godzilla is uh, aptly titled king of monsters mm-hmm. after defeating you know uh, king Ghidorah and rodan and all that and all the other monsters are like oh shit we'll bow down mm-hmm. right but kong as they say in the trailer bows to no one so he's gonna come in there and he's gonna put some whoop ass and i've been following the movie pretty religiously and kind of parsing out through the trailer and i basically have a fundamental understanding of how the movie's gonna pan out the director did say that there's gonna be one long interrupted like five minute sequence mm-hmm. of just fighting and no cutaways to humans it's just monster on monster just they're Hell gonna yeah. go at it. Oh, shit. and he says there is definitively going to be a winner by the, like you will there will be a winner and then they'll Ooh. move on from there but in in general yeah kong he's he knows how to use tools yeah he's know? got he's got opposable <laughs> okay. thumbs we've got yeah. two for kong yeah. one for the zill man yeah my original gut reaction was to vote for superman but i don't think he's in the running in this one uh no nope. so i'm gonna have to no, go he's with tending uh, to martha. godzilla which martha Batman's mother Martha or oh, yeah. or <laughs> but yeah. Oh she's dead though. <laughs> Can we get an F in the chat for uh, Martha? So do we have two for Godzilla and yeah, two I'm, for King I'm, Kong then? And here here's my reasoning. Here's my reasoning on Godzilla. Okay. Godzilla now has underlings. And there's a lot deeper lore behind Godzilla. So if we're looking at this from a business perspective, there's a lot more to work with with Godzilla with declaring him the winner. Now what I will How say, and so this bold? may be spoilers, but I really don't know, but the the company Funko recently released a Funko Pop for Mecha Godzilla. Yeah. It's you can see him in the trailer. You it's did tell like, me that. It's, it's super it's not they don't really yeah. hide it that well. There's so, a Mecha and it kind of makes sense. At the end of the day, I think it's gonna end up being somebody's gonna win out over King Kong and Godzilla, but then they're both gonna have to fight Mecha Godzilla. Yeah, so is this gonna be like a Batman Superman situation where it's like it's I kind of about it's them, but it's that. exactly yeah. like that. So we're hyped about it. The question is now, let's take another vote. Who's gonna go see it in theaters and who's gonna wait and see it at the home release? I'll wait. I'll theaters. wait. I kinda wanna see it in theaters, guys. <laughs> I'll wait. <laughs> this sounds uh, badass. Uh yeah, yeah, I'm I'm already looking at IMAX tickets. I'm like, I gotta go. I gotta support my boy, which I guess gets us to back to I guess the topic at hand. Um, so seeing as Kong versus Godzilla or Godzilla versus Kong is the next Warner Brothers uh, HBO Max release, uh, Alex. So on the same day, I think it's actually the end of this month. I think it's uh, March 31st, which I think is a Wednesday. So it actually opens middle of the week. That's strange. It will be on HBO. They have it on HBO Max for a limited engagement of, I think, six weeks. Okay. Somewhere in that in that vein. So you can watch it on HBO Max free when you subscribe, obviously. Um, watch it as many times as you want, all that jazz. But then after a certain amount of time, I think it's six weeks, uh, it disappears and then you have to go see it in theaters or rent it on video on demand and then eventually buy it on Blu-ray. Right. So that that's kind of their 
release strategy, so to speak. Um, I haven't delved into the numbers on any of their previous releases. Their latest release, I think, that they did HBO Max um, and in theaters was Judas and the Black Messiah. I don't know. I don't know the numbers on how well it performed in the box office versus like how many people were watching it. I actually don't think that those numbers, uh, I think this carries across Netflix and um, uh, Disney Plus as well. They don't disclose those numbers mm-hmm. as far as like how many people are like actively like streaming that content. Man, but they know. Judas um, and the Black Messiah did great according to its reviews. Box office? No, like it got a 96% oh, well, yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got a 4.7 rating uh, from audiences. Nominated for a number of Oscars, including Best Picture, I believe. This yeah, year. currently the box mistaken. office is not available because it's still technically in theaters. Oh, mm, okay. okay. Well, so that, that's an interesting thing. Uh, they they made this decision back in you know the throes of 2020 because of the current state of affairs, right? And the Worldwide Panda Express. Like, hey, man, we can't... <laughs> we can't keep pushing these movies because they're, they're starting to cannibalize other movies. Yeah. And if you've looked at the release schedule for 2021, it's pretty stacked, right? Because a lot of movies have moved right from 2020 to 2021. Right. And it got to a point where they're like, we have to figure out some solution to this where we can make our money back, but also get these movies out and then move beyond it and then start pushing for our 2022 releases, 2023 and so on and so forth. Right. Um, I have heard rumblings, you know, through various, uh, media pundits on YouTube that are really close to Hollywood and entertainment that a lot of people there's, there's, well, for one, this decision, right. To go, um, video on demand streaming, right. And theatrical day and date was made without any filmmakers, uh, uh approval or even notice. So this is all producers right? and, and executive decision. This is all upper echelon Warner Brothers execs that are trying to make money and trying to get uh, actually, you know, raises. Which sucks. Because I'll tell you this, uh, HBO Max, when it first launched, apparently was very much underperforming Mm -hmm. uh, amongst, you know, Amazon Prime, Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, all that shit. I can see that. Right? So from people that I trust sources i trust and uh, news articles i read and stuff like that someone has said and i would not say that this is completely unbelievable but this decision came from a guy that was like i if i do this if i pitch this and we go through with this it it will save hbo max and therefore save my ass and i can and if it succeeds then i'm i'm climbing up high baby and AT&T is also involved with this to some capacity because they have a partnership with HBO Max. Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of, you know, uh, four dimensional chess happening here, like a lot of people playing different parts and stuff. Um, but at the core of it, another thing that really rubs me the wrong way, because I will always choose to go see a movie in the theater because that's the way that the directors and the filmmakers and the cast and everybody they, on set, you know, that they're making this movie for that. Right. Unless it's a Netflix movie. Right. Sometimes, you know, Netflix will give them the, you know, the Irishman, for instance, Mm -hmm. uh, Martin Scorsese's latest picture. He could only make that movie with Netflix because they were like, we'll give you whatever amount of money you want to do. You can make it as long as you want and you're just going to put it on Netflix and it's going to be great. It had a limited theatrical run as well. But 
for the most part, these movies are meant to be seen in the theater. Yeah. And there is, I'm sure we all can recall a, a moment seeing a movie in theaters and that genuine, like cerebral sort of, uh, feeling that you get while watching this movie. I mean, like, ending, yeah. like seeing that movie in theaters with an audience is like, you can't replicate that sitting on your sofa. And yeah, watching I mean, it, for, for right? me, it's like, if you look at it, if you look at movies like as an art form, every art form is intended for a specific medium and yeah. for mm. films, mm. it is a movie theater. So that makes complete sense. Like mm. the movie for me that made it like click, uh, was uh, Mad Max Fury road. Like just how in, as far as the artistry, yeah, as far as like the artistry of like, Oh, this mm. is like the difference between me, like pirating it on my computer and watching it that way versus like me going and watching it in right. theaters four times over the span right. of like a month was just like, I will take that any day. Like, and I mean, there's a huge difference between standing in front of the Mona Lisa and Googling the Mona Lisa on your phone. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of thing that you have to think of it as. Because I know in my example would be Into the Spider-Verse. I know, Michael, you saw that with yes. me. We were there at the same time. Incredible. We saw it in Sony Digital, which it was it was made to be played with Sony Digital mm -hmm. in an IMAX theater. And like, we were awestruck by the shit that we were seeing. We were yeah. like, oh my God, this is the most beautiful thing we've ever seen. I so like was that's one that I couldn't imagine anywhere else. I specifically remember when we went and watched that movie, I was so confused about like the art style and whether or not like, like cause I, cause it's that duo tone red and blue that it does throughout the entire mm -hmm. movie. Uh, I got I up that. in the middle of the movie and went to go ask the people at the ticket desk, like, Hey, is this movie supposed to be 3d? And we just didn't get our glasses. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like no. nope nope it's just that way <laughs> no you like, got it <laughs> yeah i saw it i well somebody told me to go watch uh i think it was show, john me. kincaid and you mm -hmm. probably both told me to go see it yeah um or stream it or whatever because we can't really see movies but i was watching it right here on this big old tv that you guys can't see and it it had just hit me like just another movie it was a good movie it had a great story but i don't know if it was like I don't know if I had an awe-inspiring moment where I was just like, holy shit. It was the and movie the that convinced me to get a sound bar, like the $200 mm -hmm. sound bars you can get that like boost the bass throughout your entire room. Yeah. That movie was like, you need this or else you're going to be missing out on a bunch of shit. So like, <laughs> I got you know it. about that bass? Dude, Tenet did that for me. <laughs> what did that for you, Nick? Tenet and mm. I got Ooh. like a... I got my sound system all rigged up, but I can't use it because that movie's loud as hell. <laughs> that movie fucking sucks. Because listen, so I was like, here oh. watching it, and I was watching Tenet, and I don't know what they did with the the, the audio mixing or anything like that. Great story, by the way. Yeah. But I yeah. just couldn't make out the like they were talking, and I was like, yeah. huh? What? Yeah. <laughs> I can't hear yeah. you. <laughs> you definitely need subtitles for that movie, but that's a different discussion altogether. But you guys understand what I mean yeah. in the sense that there is like there is this communal factor to seeing a movie and seeing it in the way that the directors and everyone involved intended it to be screened, right? right? Totally agree. So I'm going to use that to kind of pivot over to, I'm going to kind of briefly cover a, a few of the uh, remarks from notable filmmakers that were impacted by this. Um, I'm going to start with uh, basically Christopher Nolan, mm -hmm. right? Of uh, Batman Christopher fame. Nolan fought tooth and nail. Of Batman fame, Inception, mm -hmm. Dunkirk, and all he's that the one good who stuff. is he the and one that's most recently is that tenant. the whole like the the Nolan Justice League cut is that what's going on right now? No, no, that's, that's, that's Snyder. the okay. Snyder cut. Okay. However, he does. <laughs> uh, Christopher Nolan has producer credits mm, on it. Okay, so, and hmm. so, um, yeah. So, like I said, this decision came 
basically came out and a lot of these filmmakers found out about it via Twitter, mm. basically. That's so hurt. filmmakers <laughs> That's like that are making movies for Warner Brothers found out that their movies would be premiering on digital on on streaming. You can watch it on your phone. Right. And in theaters at the same time. Right. And they're like, uh, were you going to talk to us first or because <laughs> the general so, public will see it whichever way is easier. If it's easier to watch it on your phone, that's what they'll do. They don't care. That's me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and if you have to go see it in theaters, right. It, you get to see it in the, in the way that it was intended. And the thing is, is even people that are more cinephiles, people that would go pay to go see it in theaters. If they have HBO max, and they forget that Godzilla vs. Kong is coming out and then they see it and it's like, oh shit, it's right here. Oh, that's out? Oh, I'll just watch it now. And then boom, they, they didn't go see it in theaters. Right. You know? So it's, you know, you catch people like that by doing that. So these filmmakers are notably like, uh, what the hell, guys? So I'm going to read uh, one piece quickly, real quick, a quote from Christopher Nolan. Uh, he fought tooth and nail to get Tenet in its release last year when we were really in the in the trenches with uh everything that was going mm -hmm. on and it did end up uh, pr uh, premiering in theaters uh apparently it did not make enough money for them to be like that was worth it for us but you know people did show up people that were committed to seeing this in its desired uh format um so that was kind of a uh, an interesting case and i think maybe some of the results of that had an impact into the decision that Warner Brothers and HBO, you know, made, right? right? So this is a this is a quote from Christopher Nolan here. He says, "It's a unilateral decision that the studio took. They didn't even tell the people involved. You have these great filmmakers who worked with passion and diligence for years on projects that are intended to be feature films with fantastic movie stars, and now they've all been told that they're a lot that they are a lost leader for a fledgling streaming service." I've never seen anybody, I've never seen everybody so upset about one particular decision. It's not right and it's not a good business decision. It's all a bit of a mess. Um, and then this last one I want to do when it comes to talking about the filmmakers that are involved, this one has to do with Denis Villeneuve, uh, the guy that brought you uh, Prisoners, uh, Enemy, Sicario, and most recently Blade Runner 2049. Mm -hmm. And he has got Dune coming out this Christmas this December or it's October. I can't remember. They've, they've moved things around. Um, quick preface for this Dune is actually meant to be two movies. Mm -hmm. So this first one that's coming out is just half the book mm. and then they're going to finish it off with the other one. The only way that Denis Villeneuve was going to do this was if Warner brothers said that, Hey, we're going to split this up into two books and two movies. Right. And we're going to capture it because like he that, had right? had issues so, making the books into a film before, or at least, People had had issues doing that. Yeah. Dune has notably had a storied history in being adapted uh, from David Lynch's film to some miniseries uh, adaptations. It's it's had a lot of ups yeah. and downs, but, you know, Denis Villeneuve stepping in. Yeah, which yeah. like part a big part of that is just like the depth of like, I don't know if any of you have uh, read the book, but it is a very, very deep, uh, deep like world where everything is like very deeply described as well and like in vivid detail and being able to bring that to life in just like a three hour movie is just like fundamentally impossible. The back of the book has an, uh, an appendix and a vocab yep. list and like 
different chunks of like the religion of Dune, the ecology of mm-hmm. Dune. It's Damn, a very well thought out universe um, from Frank Herbert. So Denis Villeneuve, he's like, hey, we need two movies to make this happen. Tell me that we're going to do it. I'll sign on the dotted line and we'll go. Mm-hmm. Right. And so they did. And there's actually also going to be a HBO Max TV show with Dune as well that is going to be surrounding the uh, Benny Gesserit witches, Ooh. basically, um, which, you know, with Lady Jessica mm-hmm. and the Reverend Mother Moham and all those characters. It's it's a different side section of part of yeah. Dune with this uh, collection of characters. Um, all taking all that into account, right? The fact that there's still another movie and a, a miniseries to uh, to go on HBO Max, right? This decision that HBO made could very well jeopardize whether or not that actually ends up happening. Mm-hmm. Um, because Blade Runner 2049 was a very expensive movie, a sequel to a beloved sci-fi classic yep. from uh, Ridley Scott, and that movie did not do well in the box. Such office, a shame. Even though it is, it's it's a tremendous film. Critics, audiences, the people that mm-hmm. like it, right? Really, really great movie. Just it, for whatever reason, didn't click with most uh, general audiences. So Denis Villeneuve actually ended up writing an entire Variety article on the news outlet Variety. He wrote an entire piece basically going after Warner Brothers and HBO Max. He calls HBO Max out. He's like, dude, just because your streaming service wasn't doing well doesn't mean that you can make this decision, basically. He calls them out. I'm going to read just a quick piece from him. Uh, I won't read, obviously, the entire article. But uh, he says, Streaming can produce great content, but not movies of Dune's scope and scale. Warner Brothers' decision means Dune won't have the chance to perform financially in order to be viable, and piracy will ultimately triumph. Warner Brothers might just have killed the Dune franchise. This one is for the fans. AT&T's John Stanky said that the streaming horse left the barn. In truth, the horse left the barn for the slaughterhouse. Oof. So he is out there capping people at the at the knees and saying this is a bullshit thing. And if this movie does not succeed and we don't get to follow through with the rest of this and the movie just ends after this, it's going to be because of this decision. Good for him. And so another thing about that, though, is that these are two prominent directors, not only just in Hollywood, but they've made a ton of movies for Warner Brothers yeah. that have reaped great success. And to the to the point where they're being trusted with these major franchises that could span years and years and years to come. Like so, that's the thing; these movies can be looked back on in the same way that like Lord of the Rings and Star Wars are potentially. Mm-hmm. So, just a note yeah. that I want to make: uh, entertain this as an entity. One hundred percent believe that if you don't feel safe going out to theaters, like that is your choice. Like, don't go out to theaters in the yeah. middle of a pandemic. Keep oh, yourself yeah. safe. Do whatever makes you feel good. Here's what we're saying: if an art form is made in a certain way or meant to be viewed in a certain way, it should be the artist who created that, or at least somebody who is in charge of the creative process of making it. Um, it should be their choice on how it is viewed initially or how it is viewed to the world at its conception. So with these movies, what we're saying is like the directors who make this and know what their final vision is, they should have first dibs at how this is shown and should not be undermined by studios in a money making attempt, especially in such an underhanded way. Correct. Yeah, And I guess the primary solution to all this is to just wait, wait until it's over, you know, 
You can wait a year. That's for sure. But they an can't. Option. I mean, or but but from a producer and like business standpoint, they can't. Like even exactly. just like yeah. what they what mm-hmm. Nick had already touched on, they they did was they released to the audience who felt comfortable to go see it. Exactly, but that's not like the entire mm-hmm. pie, you know. That is not. That's but, a slice of the pie. <laughs> but that is the answer that is best for the director is to release on schedule when planned to the audience who will go and see it and not worry about the money that it makes. Here's my thing: is that if it is yeah. a toss up between being able to watch the movie in its intended medium or being able to watch the movie at all. I am always going to side on the side of being able to watch the movie at all. Like if, if it's a matter of like, if I'm not, uh, if I'm not able to, or in a position where I can go to a movie theater right now, I am absolutely going to like expect and not expect. I'm going to respect an option for me to be able to watch it from the comfort and safety from my own home. But Mm -hmm. That needs to be well, done in a manner that doesn't undermine a uh, the artist the the multiple artists at the core of a movie production, right? Yeah, like pay twenty bucks to watch it on a streaming service, you know. Well, then the question becomes mm. like, do you wait to release it to streaming after it's had that initial theatrical release that respects? Yeah. So, like, you Why don't not? get to see it the same day as the people who want to go out into theaters. You wait six weeks for its theatrical release to end. Um, and then you get to stream it because I think that's fair as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's what we're used to, right? It's what we're used to, exactly. <laughs> I think, um, yeah. I mean, if you're if you're gonna pause it to me, like, hey, Nick, you you either have to watch Dune on HBO Max and or maybe in theaters, right? Or you don't get it at all. It's like, of course, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick that deal. <laughs> but if it's like, hey, wait another year. You don't get it this year, but if you wait one more year, it'll be in theaters. It's like, okay, cool. I could wait mm-hmm. too. I think though, just in in broad strokes, how for one, the big thing to me that I really don't appreciate out of this is just like the dismissive nature of it in the sense of like not taking into consideration all of the hard people that worked on it. Not only the filmmakers and all the way from from the below line people to, you know, your A-list actors and stuff like that, but even other uh, financiers, you know, like the reason why, um, you know, Dune is kind of having this weird thing right now, because I, I don't know if they've settled on anything right now, but legendary, uh, who, you know, is behind a lot of movies, they put a ton of money into Dune. And so they're backing up, uh, they're backing up Denis Villeneuve because this affects them as well. They're like, uh, we, we helped finance this movie a, a great portion and we, we intend to get that money back. And that's how they make their so, money back is through box office. Yeah. So they're like, we, we hmm. need this movie to go out there, you know? And so Dune's particular release, it's at the end of the year. So it'll be by the time they've gone through most of their slate there's a chance that it could be only in theaters. Maybe they scrap it from HBO. However, I think two ways that this could have been done cleaner is one, inform your filmmakers and, and everyone involved and be like, hey man, here's what we're thinking of doing. This is a really odd time. It's uncomfortable situation that we're in. We ha- we're trying to make ends meet. Talk to us. What can we do here? Let's try to make a deal here. And then I think there's a, uh, I can go through a number of these movies that are impacted by this. And I would venture to guess that a number of these movies, they would be fine with this deal. You know, it's, you know, it's your Denis Villeneuve's and your Christopher Nolan's that are probably going to be the more like, keep it in theaters. And for those guys, I think that, hey, have it run in theaters exclusively 
three, six weeks, and then, hey, you can rent it on HBO Max or you can rent it somewhere else, right? right? So, especially now in 2021, because, you know, this, they said it was this year, not 2020. And, and in 2021 now, you know, things are, you know, we're getting things under control. Thing, we're kind of on, the, on our way out. Um, so, I, in Dune's case, by this point, by the point that movie comes out, we should, God willing, be out of, the, out of this. Um, so I think that that would have been a better alternative of how this would have um, panned out. Mm-hmm. Let me quickly, real quick, I'm just going to hit a few big ones here of movies that are impacted by this, movies that are going to be HBO Max and theatrical uh, day and date, and then we can talk about that. Yeah. And then I want to talk about just movie theaters as a whole and what this could potentially do, because there is something that came out um, with one movie theater chain that is being impacted not maybe not directly from this, but probably partially to this. Um, and we will discuss that momentarily. One thing, one thing that yeah. one thing I just want to tag on before we get into this list. Go for it. Um, something that I think will kind of help the audience, maybe the more uninformed audience, is a lot of people were kind of on board with the Sony Marvel discussion of Spider-Man that was happening. Um, in that deal, Sony the the original deal was Sony got um all initial like box office money and then uh disney got basically they got merchandising rights is what they got or maybe it was the other way around but either way you can see how in a deal like that where two studios are involved how if a theatrical release was completely avoided uh due to these like aspects how that can like screw over a large company and i think that kind of ties into how lighthouse is feeling about this movie that's coming out because that's how they make their money. Like they don't make their money through the streaming services and that's the problem that they're facing. Um, I mean, look at it this way. A lot of newer directors, they're people that are just coming onto the scene. They release a lot of films on like Netflix. They always series on Netflix. Streaming is their bread and butter, but these big name directors like, you know, Martin Scorsese and Christopher Nolan and other people that I don't know the names of off the top of my head. Like those are people that belong in movie theaters. If you ask anyone, they don't belong on streaming services. They don't belong on par with like Netflix people. It'd be the equivalent of a CEO finding out that he gets the same Christmas bonus as like (laughs) the guy who mops the floors just cause, just cause the world's that way right now. Maybe a good comparison would be like, take the hateful eight, uh, by Quentin Tarantino. That was specifically shot with a certain kind of film and camera to achieve a like a specific feel and vibe that cost more that cost way more because it, right. and it could only be supported by certain movie theaters because of that. It's like that is a director making a specific decision to hopefully uh, it benefit the vision that he has for his film. Because he knows that if he achieves that mm-hmm. vision, it's going to be a box office success. Well, and it's mm-hmm. also like that is just like it's not even like for a lot of people that it's a matter of it being a. And this is coming from like my. This is an artist point of view. This is an artist point of view. <laughs> like, yeah. put it it's not here. It's not about like a lot of people don't make art to be successful. They make exactly. art and as yep. a side effect, they are successful because of the nature of their art. And to me, that's like Quentin Tarantino. His movies are very different from any other movie like style out there. Like he has his own style that he is like very specific with. And Mm -hmm. it's just as a side effect, he is successful. Um, And the hateful eight is like a really good 
I wanted to point to because there was so much technical stuff that was encapsulated in that entire movie that would be just completely undercut by this sort of decision that would leave him essentially out to dry and just wipe away like a quarter of the decisions that he made for the entirety of the movie. Yeah. Great point, Michael. Excellent point. Yeah. It's, I, I was, I literally, it was funny that you mentioned Tarantino cause I was literally thinking if, one of Tarantino's movies was on this list with HBO Max. Oh, yeah. I mean, Wes Anderson is <laughs> the same. Fighting. It's the same boat. If Wes Anderson movies were treated the same way, he would be pissed, I, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, and he, he's got a movie coming out this year, uh, not under Warner Brothers, but I don't even know when that's going to end up coming out. I haven't heard anything about right. that. Um, but just real quickly, I mean, so upcoming films part of the slate things that are affected by this is uh, obviously godzilla vs kong mortal Kombat, uh the third conjuring film uh space jam 2 <laughs> that's uh, nuts the to suicide me suicide squad <laughs> oh man the suicide squad uh james wan's newest original horror film called malignant uh dune obviously and the matrix 4 uh these are Ooh. all movies that are going to be in theaters and then hey just 15 of my friends all come over and let's just watch it <laughs> on my tv I mean, basically and like not pay watch shit, it on your you phone know? in the bathroom there you go <laughs> i mean really really like i, I mean know, yeah. each one of those movies while well, like each one has its own merit the only one that's really like garn is going to garner like a major attention is dune and it feels right. like space jam 2 is pretty good though yeah, Michael. <laughs> I'm sure. I, as much as I'd love to see the Monstars back at it again. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like Dune in particular is a very interesting case in that because it feels like it's just as much a it's just such a like strong business decision on something that already has so much money invested into it that it feels like the enti- that decision as a whole is being made strictly to save face for the for the production company like i don't because like the movie has already been in development and shooting and like it's been edited time and time and time again and it has been tried to be done so many times in the past that it seems like they made a decision because like from the business end like you make a decision to push a movie out at a specific time and there are a lot of, there's a lot of money that comes with making a hard date. It takes forever to make a movie. That's mm-hmm. something a lot of people don't recognize. Like you need to plan yep. this out. And Especially on the one of caliber and, of Dune. Like, Oh yeah. With that director behind it, as well as like the amount of technology that they're pumping into it. It's a shit ton of work. Yep. This movie stands the, the most to lose by this, yeah. this uh, deal. Yeah. I think for sure. Um, I, I mean, I could be, I could totally be wrong. I'm just reading the room. I'm reading the reaction box office wise to Blade Runner. And I'm looking at this movie, which is a lot big, a lot bigger even, you know, than Blade Runner 2049. And it's a lot headier Mm -hmm. than 2049. It's, it's a dense read. It's complex. It's dealing with a lot of themes. It's to be honest, it's not a general audience film. And I'm just going to say that. Which right. is, I hope more people go okay, see it. But I, I've got a counter to that, though. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> okay. Like, sure. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you that. And they, you know what? They they are describing this to be at that scale, mm-hmm. at that level of, of detail and, and grandeur. So, you know what? Yeah, you're right. It totally, it, it totally could 
appeal in that manner. Uh, I just, I, I don't know. I, I think that reading the writing, the writing on the walls and stuff, I feel like this deal Dune stands to lose the most out of all these it, other films. It kind of feels like this deal um, was made to get Dune out the door. Like it, which is bonkers right. to me if that's if that's real because that's a lot of money they've invested in that and that's an auteur director that they've secured to make that movie and Warner Brothers would st- would stand to gain a lot by being the studio that was able to make this m- book movie adaptation actually happen. Yeah, I right? mean, but at a certain point though, like and this kind of goes back to what I talked about in the Cyberpunk 2077 episode that I did. And mm. I know where you're going with this. A lot of it has to do with uh, while it would make much more sense from an artistic standpoint and from a like respect standpoint for Warner Brothers to continue to delay this until it can get the proper uh, premiere that it deserves. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. uh, making money now makes more sense to a business than to wait and make money later because making money is better than making than not making any money. <laughs> and for them, that is the entirety of what this decision will look looks like. It was the decision was made a, 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 as a sort of like, you know, bailing off the Titanic and like, yeah. you know, trying to trying to get secure a, a position on that lifeboat. Uh, yeah, like it's <laughs> grabbing a kid and be like, oh, yeah, it's, it's like it's, <laughs> it makes more sense for them in that situation to find a life that or find a like inner tube, grab that jump off the boat than it is to wait for a lifeboat. Hmm. Warner Brothers is Billy Zane in Titanic. Yes. Yes. Guys, I think we did it here. Um, I don't know how, but I think tonight we solved world hunger somehow. Mm-hmm. You guys are making somehow, a little too much sense. Through our discussion. <laughs> and I'm sober. <laughs> um, kind of one of the last things I wanted to touch on in regards to all of this is how this decision is impacting movie theaters. Yeah. Um, movie theaters have been over the past year in various stages of closed, opened, unclosed, all that good stuff. Um, and a lot of theaters that maybe aren't open right now or are in, in kind of un, uncharted waters right now is because a lot of them just don't have movies to play, right? They're, they're showing Shrek in theaters again, yeah. or they're showing, <laughs> uh, Norbit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Norbit? I just, I picked a movie. I just you picked, picked a movie that came to my head. Dr. Doolittle. Dr. Doolittle himself. Uh, yeah, they're just picking the nutty random professor. obscure movies. <laughs> the Nutty Professor 2, The Clumps. Um, Christmas with the Clumps. And so they're, they're just trying to pick movies, you know, that in, you know, they get a couple new releases as well. Like, again, Godzilla vs. Kong is going to be in theaters, but you can only play that on so many screens and you got to do other things as well. So for a while it's been like, well, there's no reason we can reopen because there's no movies releasing because everything is get, gets delayed and stuff like that. And then now there's this additional uh, struggle, which is how are we going to convince people amidst, you know, whatever health concerns they may have and fears of wanting to go out all good and fine. Take, take your health into your own hands, whatever it, it comes down to like, Oh, maybe I'm not like scared of getting sick or anything like that, but if I could just stay here, I don't have to get in my car, drive over to the theater. I can just watch the suicide squad at home. Convenience. Cool. And I, I I pay $7 a month or whatever it is, or 
for HBO Max. I don't have to spend like 15 bucks for a ticket or whatever. And my kids don't want to come and we don't have to get popcorn and mm-hmm. stuff. Great. Yeah, that's awesome. another thing. Put it on. It's definitely a lot more so, economic to just go ahead and host a movie night at your house <laughs> than it is to go out to theaters. But on that same note, mm-hmm. like going to theaters is kind of what made it fun. You know, like that was the the event was going out to these theaters and to like spend a little too much on uh like popcorn or like get a slushy or whatever like <laughs> that's what made theaters fun <laughs> well yeah well look at like look at as a funny example look at the like what we think of when it comes to a first date now it's we used to go out go to a movie theater now netflix it's and netflix and chill that's not a first date michael that's a hookup it's starting to sound hey, like an old man now <laughs> i'm cool back with in it my day we used to go to movie theaters hey back i'm on the i'm on, day, <laughs> I'm on the downswing of 20 chill, you had to sit in the back row i'm on the downswing <laughs> of 20 from prying eyes <laughs> trying to sneak a smooch. i miss the good old days when i could go into an adult movie theater and uh, <laughs> Herman has yet again pressed his head into our podcast are we okay guys why do we no. keep talking about Pee-wee Herman? <laughs> we haven't had an episode on Pee-wee's. I mean, I think we did a quick this on Pee-wee's Playhouse once. We did a wee-wee Pee-wee. Yeah. Say that again. <laughs> a, a wee-wee Pee-wee. No, sorry. That was a threat. I was meant I meant to threaten you. Like, I dare you say that again. Get it? Because it was a small, it was a quick fit. Yeah. 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 I need to stop doing this oh on camera, God. maybe. <laughs> what were we talking about again? We we're talking movies. about we're talking movie about theaters. movie theaters the impact okay. of movie theaters and how this decision uh, is affecting them. I mean, still to this day, I think right now, uh, Regal theaters are not open. Mm-hmm. Um, really? Cinemark and AMC are the two big ones, the two big top tier uh, movie houses that are still running right now. Uh, Regal was open and then they reclosed. Um, I don't know if that was amidst this decision or not, but. Most recently, and this really hits home for me, uh, a movie theater chain franchise, if you will, uh, that I hold very dear to me, not only because I I worked for them, but I just I believe that they are one of the best um, movie theaters for film fans. And that's Alamo Drafthouse Cinema. Uh, They started in Austin, Texas. And they've expanded far and wide. Uh, they have an, L- an L.A. location, a couple in New York. They're in all they're in a number of their Colorado. I think they're in a bunch of different places. They were going to open one in Orlando, um, the first one in Florida. And recently they announced that they have filed for bankruptcy. Mm. Oh, man. The <clears throat> and they pretty much scrapped production uh, uh, or construction rather on the Orlando location and they closed two locations in San Antonio, Texas, and they closed what I, I think, if memory serves me, the first location they ever debuted in uh, downtown Austin, Texas, 6th Street, on Dirty 6th Street, downtown. It's a location called The Ritz. Um, it's sandwiched in between bars and uh, in the very eclectic, you know, cool town of downtown Austin, Texas. It is a uh, two-screen theater. So it's it's very small, very it's very cozy and mom and pop in, in in many respects. And it if you don't know, Alamo Drafthouse, they are a theater that they have tables and 
people come and basically bring it's it, it's full dining service, mm-hmm. right? You have servers, people come bring you drinks, food. They also host movie parties where you get props and stuff and like you can yell at the screen. They do sing-alongs. They have cast and like filmmakers come in and do Q and A's and stuff like so that. So next okay. week they, after they this do- episode, we're going to be doing an episode on the room. Uh, and I, in it, I will touch on some mm. things like um, the throwing spoons at the screen, throwing a football around yep. the theater. <laughs> Alamo Draft House is the place where that is like their bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Mm. That is yes, absolutely. They, and people dress up and stuff, so they do that all the time. They they do these things called Weird Wednesday where they show very weird offbeat 35 millimeter prints of just obscure weird movies. They do Terror Tuesdays, which are, again, 35 millimeter prints of just really ultra low B movie horror films and stuff like that. So they I saw a movie there. They did um, Matthew McConaughey's one of his more recent movies, uh, Harmony Corinne's uh, The Beach Bum where he's basically just like a stoner and it's just his adventures in Florida and stuff. And so I saw the movie and they, in the theater, they pumped in fog that smelled like weed (laughs) the entire time while you were watching the movie. And so it's just dumb. It's, (laughs) it's dumb shit like that, that they do to immerse fans into theaters. And it's also just a celebration of film. I and what sucks about this, in addition to the fact I I, I worked there for two years, actually, I was a server there. It's and very famous. I have a lot of it's very famous. And I have a lot of great memories there, um, not only just working there, but just just going to that theater. And since I've moved away from Austin, Texas, I've, I've missed it dearly. And they're not completely under. They're just in a very tough spot right now. Mm. And the Ritz Theater that they did close uh, on Sixth Street my it sucks because when i do eventually go back to austin texas i won't be able to go to that theater again and my last experience there it's good and bad thinking back on it but um was a i got to see once upon a time in hollywood mm. tarantino's latest film in 35 which was millimeter fantastic print. by the way and hmm. i if i and if i would have known what was coming i would have relished that moment even more than i did because it was the last movie I saw before I moved from mm-hmm. Texas. And now looking back, I'm like, shit, I, I'm not going to be able to go back in that theater again mm-hmm. and be back in those memories and stuff like that. So long story short, I, I'm, I'm worried. I have no I have no idea what's going to happen, not only as a result of the HBO Max uh, Warner Brothers decision with theaters, but what's going to happen with theaters in general right. yeah. uh, as a result of the shifting tides of how people consume media yeah. with all the streaming platforms and things like that. Are we seeing a paradigm shift that can't like has the cap been let out of the box and we can't get it back in now? And we're just kind of slowly losing what made going to the movie special. I don't know. I'm I'm genuinely curious what you guys think. I think it's an only time will tell kind of thing. But I mean, I've already kind of discussed how I stand on this, which is like going to the movies was sparsely about the movie for me. It was the going out, getting friends together like going and experiencing this thing. And yeah, the movie was always a plus. It really depended on what was in theaters as to whether or not this was even something we considered doing as a group. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was always like a night out meant going to the movies and seeing something new. Um, I'm not a huge film buff. I know a good amount about film just because I pay attention. But yeah, for me, I think that that's not something that streaming services can provide to me 
Uh, I know people have nights where they're like, let's stream the latest, like, MMA fight. Let's all come over to people's houses and watch, like, this, that, or the other. Like, WWE does streaming things. Like, they've been the original, like, pay-per-view kind of, uh, kind of event specialists. But I don't think that's something that movies will ever be able to accomplish at home. So, on that note, I find safety in... There's an experience that goes along with going to the movies that I don't think can be offered anywhere other than the movies. And I think that alone will keep it afloat because I think people want to go back. They want to go to the movies. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to I'm going to partially agree with you on that point, because, yes, I think that the real hardcore cinemaphile people are going to go to the movies and they'll tell people like us about this is a great experience and you have to. Like what you said in, the, in like the opening preamble, this is a piece of art that is meant to be seen in these particular places. I think as soon as people figure that out, they're going to go to the movies, I don't know, as much as they did pre-internet and pre-streaming, but they'll certainly go more often. I mean, it's just, you cannot beat the convenience that comes with streaming a video on your TV. Yes, it won't be as good, but at the same time, I mean... Heck, so, working from home has made it so that you don't even have to put on pants to work, you know? You know who's safe in all this? <laughs> you know who's safe in this entire... I don't know. The, you were talking, Nick, and it made me think about, like, you know, pre-internet, pre-streaming or whatever. Yeah. Are people going to go to the theaters as much? And I'm like, Marvel and Disney is safe. Oh, yeah. They'll always make it through stuff like this. Because, because... Well, for one, I mean, they they keep pushing like, hey, Black Widow is going to be in theaters. We're not putting on Disney Plus. It's not. No, it's coming out this. They have the money to do that, though. Go or don't go. Right. (laughs) But but, but it's also like, but even no, but even still, like Disney is like they were hurt by this past year. And like once they stop constructing the theme park rides that were already in construction at the Disney World and Disneyland parks, any future stuff that they had proposed and like announced they're not going to get to that for years to come because they have to recover a lot of loss. Hmm. But when, when it comes to getting people out of the house, take WandaVision, for instance. That show, yeah, it's meant to be viewed on Disney+. Plus. That's the medium it was supposed to be presented mm-hmm. in, right? However, if you want to see the continuing adventures of Scarlet Witch, Wanda, you're going to have to go see Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness That's in how theaters. they do it. It's not going to be That's on Disney+. Plus, So you, you got to go. So like, you know... I think they're sitting pretty. So that's that's a great yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for from my perspective on this whole thing is there's there's a few things that I thought of while Alex, you and Nick were talking. Um, for me, like, yes, this is a thing that we try and do as friends to do, but we are a very different perspective on a lot of this because we take in the entertainment industry by nature of us wanting to even start a podcast about it. We take it more seriously than most people. Um, and we try and be more <laughs> informed on things more than like a regular person would. But True. at the same time, like we started this podcast as essentially a replacement for that. Like we started yeah. the podcast at the beginning of this global pan express, uh, nice. <laughs> as <It's> close <laughs> for us to continue to be able to hang out together and being able to talk about entertainment, which was right. essentially what we did before this with going to the movies. So, I don't know. It's there's we have found a different we have found a void for it to like to be filled with in its absence. We have found a way to fill that void. 
But at the same time, like, I think we are we we have a very different perspective on things because we actively try to engage ourselves with the with this medium than most normal most people normally would yeah we need shit to talk about weekly that's for sure (laughs) here's here's an argument that i'll that i'll make um just to kind of see if i can turn tides on either of your guys's perspective but i have agreed first okay so i want to change that to maybe a little bit more than half pirating movies has existed since the internet Mm mm-hmm True. From from the from the dawn of time, you could go onto the internet and you could search whatever movie, like fucking I don't know, Boss Baby, for it, right? Three <laughs> D, Boss Baby, like 3D. before before all this like crazy Panda Express shit started, and we got fucking Japanese noodles all over the place, like it, it you could stay at home and you could watch movies that were in theaters before this. Mm-hmm. The only thing that stopped you from doing that was jail. Fines. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't download a car. Watch me. Oh yeah, I would. would. Yes, I would. would. <laughs> if I could. You wouldn't download a. Person. Are you kidding me? But you wouldn't download more RAM. The 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 point that I'm getting at is, um, like, it's you've always been able to do that. Sure, certain people didn't know how, and it, streaming <laughs> sites have made it easier to watch movies at your house but you hear from let's talk people who aren't us like parents talk about like this is the only night a week that i get to like take my kids out is to go see this like new pixar film Mm -hmm. like they'll sit and they'll be quiet and they'll watch this and i'll get Mm -hmm. to be out in like be out and do this stuff that's something that was taken away from them now they're still stuck at home Mm -hmm. um or like this is the only night we get away from the kids is to come and see like this movie in theaters. We leave them with the babysitter, but because this is like a like rom com or like a R rated movie, like this is the only night we get away. Like we need that time for us as a couple. Mm-hmm. But even further, I would say, just as human beings, we are pack creatures. Uh, we always have been. So like watching movie the like watching movies and like experiencing them in a group even if it's with people you don't know like hearing other people laugh at jokes reaffirms that like oh my sense of humor is good or like mm-hmm. hearing mm-hmm. other people like scream during horror movies you're, it reaffirms you as a person like yeah that was scary and that's just not stuff that you get if you're just sitting at home streaming things or if you're having a couple of friends over like it's this human experience of going and experiencing this with other people because at the end of the day movies are experiences that you pay for um experiencing it with other people that that's kind of what draws you into it so i feel like Mm. that again is not something that streaming services can replace i've forgotten what it's like to be human (laughs) please help (laughs) the communal experience is a a huge factor alex i'm glad you touched on it i mean that's i think kind of i i touched on the beginning Mm -hmm. of the episode talking about you know your your favorite experience or the one that you recall you know and i mentioned endgame it's just like the impact of that movie yeah it still hits hard if you watch it at home mm-hmm. but like sharing that moment with an audience is like infectious it's- and it elevates the movie to degrees that weren't possible watching at home it's- and that can be said about other movies as well right mm-hmm. it's the only movie that i've 
been a part of that like at the end of the movie people clapped there was a standing ovation in my like screening Mm. of endgame which is like something that people talk about like all Mm. through the 80s like people would clap at the end of movies or whatever but this was like the first time that i was there when like a round of applause happened at the end of endgame wow yeah yeah for me it was the the stunned silence at the end of infinity war like Mm. everyone just being (laughs) like sat there yeah like i sat there and i like I don't remember who I went with, but I remember sitting there at the end of that movie and waiting, like not just like after the credits, but like waiting like five minutes after the end credits were all done (laughs) just to sit there and process everything that just happened. Damn. That's because they fucking lost. Like you sat there for five minutes going, oh my God, they lost. But the thing that I remember is that I felt comfortable being able to do that because there were like three fourths of the theater also felt like they needed to do that. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, the here's thing. Here's how I experienced those films is, uh, forgive me for not watching them sooner, but I did watch them um, last year. So I was watching them down here, <laughs> sitting on the couch behind me. Yeah. And uh, I didn't get that effect. I was You're just, just like, like hmm. Hmm, that was cool. Natalie, you want to go to bed? <laughs> yeah. Plus you watched them knowing what was coming next. <laughs> A little bit. I didn't keep up with the whole Marvel thing, but. Now that I have, I'm glad I did, but it wasn't right. like the same effect as watching it in theaters. So totally agree. Case case in point. Mm-hmm. This is yeah. it. This is the thing, man. <laughs> case closed, man. Even even if yeah, it's <laughs> that's another thing too, is like, you know, uh, another aspect of this that we didn't really even touch on, which I mean we can just lightly graze it, is um the fact that, you know, these movies day and date are gonna be on, you know, streaming platforms, HBO Max in particular these movies end up on streaming sites. You know, I know two off the top of my head that if I wait on the day that Kong vs. Godzilla comes out, a day or two after, boom. Even if I didn't have HBO Max, mm-hmm. it's like You're it's tech there. savvy Got though, it. so Good. you know the like new Pirate Bay and things <laughs> you like know, that. Hack things and- <laughs> but 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 here's the thing. There there's there's those avenues where you, you know, you print and like, I don't know if I should say those things, but like in Pirate I don't use them. I'm just saying no, those things exist. Nobody on this podcast like, you know, currently uses any torrent-based website. <laughs> I'm not doing it right now. Thank you. Thank you, Archibald, for that. <laughs> the the omni- omnipotent voice that comes yeah, in. Yeah, he's expensive, so I'm uh, glad we finally got to use him. <laughs> yes, good, good. Now shuffle him away. Oh, he's gone. Um, we couldn't catch him if we good. tried. But there's these two websites I can think of. I'm not going to mention them. But like you literally just go there and you click on the movie and close out a few pop-up ads and you're good to go and you're watching it. You don't have to download anything. No viruses. It's just there it is. You know, so it's like I think about that when it comes to, you know, movies like, you know, Dune or, you know, Matrix 4 and all these other movies through this HBO Max Warner Brothers deal where it's like even if you don't have HBO Max, you can by putting them on a streaming service you already make it infinitely easier to get a crisp HD quality copy of that. And then it's like, they're off to the races, you know? And then that's how you get people on down in New York city. Those guys that are like, Hey, I got DVDs. You want a DVD? <laughs> and it's like, I got hey, a, you seem flushed a Danny's away home. Yet. I got flushed away. <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> uh, I got chicken run here in HD. <laughs> Sign me up. I'll take two. <laughs> so it's that's a whole nother can of worms that you know it hurts the filmmakers you know yeah. what i mean so like it's it's much harder to get a very nice quality copy of a movie that's newly released in theaters um pirated right 
versus if you just make it available on a streaming platform it's much easier and then that hurts the filmmakers because then it's distributed and it's not it's yeah. it's illegally stolen and it's not being presented in the way that they wanted it to be mm -hmm. so can i do a quick little conspiracy it's, it's, thing here you can do a very tons. quick one but then we have to throw it to promotions after that okay. we've hit our <laughs> quick, hour mark. quick little conspiracy this go for it okay uh, conspiracy can conspire this don't conspire against me but you can try um <laughs> what if what if that, what if because we're all streaming and because these big studios are losing all of this money, what if that's the reason for all these sequels coming out? Cause they can't afford to pay the writers to bank the new movies. Well, no, I, I think it kind of goes along that line, but what it really is, is that because there's like not much money to be made in like newer properties, a lot of, um, a lot of these production companies are looking for surefire money makers. Yeah. Mm. Why, do you, why is, do you think nostalgia is such a big thing right now? That's why it's so easy to <laughs> bet on a guarantee. Yeah. Hit. That's why like movie theaters, they fall back to showing things like Shrek. It's like they know that people are going to come out to see that because or Norbit. they don't have. Yeah, like Norbit. <laughs> or, I'll go watch. Both yeah, those. they don't have to put any Norbit. effort into that. It's just take this like copy that they've stored in a closet somewhere, put it back in the in the film machine and just press play like and cool. Right. Making money. <laughs> and I watch it yeah. every time. <laughs> like I a think, jump. I think I might be the first person in the last like. At least five years that's uttered the movie. Yep. Norbit. I didn't, I forgot Norbit existed yeah. until you said something. <laughs> but on that, that note, let's so. let's take that historic moment in time. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's frame it. Let's put it on the wall and let's throw it to our promotional uh, promotional spot of the show. Um, before we do, I want to again thank. Um, the scene snobs network for having us on the show of course they have many shows uh that are great that you guys should also go check out if you haven't yet you can check them out at scenesnobs.com um so go check that out we're going to be playing one of the promos for a show that they just introduced uh last week i think at this point um so enjoy that we won't be having any more of uh nick's little reviews uh, after this episode, I know it's the end of an era, but this is the face behind the voice. He's Somebody falling snapped. back He's into, the, into the into the abyss. <laughs> it's been lovely having him on. But Nick, before we jump over, I think you're starting your own podcast discussing a lot of movie stuff, right? Oh, what? Uh yeah. Uh, is this, are we signing off right now? I'm We're not signing off. I just, I'm just giving you a chance to plug your shit. This is your two minute warning. <laughs> we'll put here. How about oh, this? How about this? this? Official plugs? How about this? We'll make it so like we'll tease that this might be coming, and then as soon as you actually put an episode out, we'll plug it in the actual podcast. Yeah, let's give them a maybe, and then we'll hit them with the actual yeah. shit later. Thank on. you. Thank you. <laughs> Do so, I say anything else? Yeah, yeah. so you are maybe going to. Okay, I am maybe going to. He is to, in the process of. Uh, I am in the process name? of thinking gotta... of considering potentially making a podcast okay. that I have already christened with a name and I've secured he various has social media and social and medias. Savvy people yeah. that care about this could find it. Uh, it's going to be a film podcast with myself and a variety of guests, uh, close friends. Uh, Alex would be one of those, uh, where we basically take deep dives into movies, uh, you know, get into different directors, filmographies. It's kind of like a movie book yeah. club, right? And yeah. We ask, you know, the listeners and also the guests what they watched that week. Um, it's a very, you know, just a hanging out, talking about movies. It's not all of it is super. It's not 
movie history. It's not film history. So don't come expecting that because I'm not, I don't have everything in the We have that shit here. So Uh, stay here for that shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you want history, (laughs) these guys, these guys are the best people. Fact check them. Uh, And the other cool thing about it is that something that I would really love to do again, this is all hypothetical uh, is movie commentaries where you would be able to sync up the podcast audio track with a film on Netflix or a respective streaming platform. I like that. And you will be able to watch said movie with myself and other varieties of characters. And you can laugh along as we make fun of and riff on movies. So yeah, love all that. it's a podcast yeah. that is what well, is in production, but We've, then I got a dog. We had a couple of episodes. So. We had a couple of episodes under our belt. We're still working on yeah. the finer things of it. Uh, what's the title of it going yeah. to be? People can look it up when they're listening in the future. What is it? It is. Plug it. It's called Punch Drunk Cinema. Ooh. Uh, it is a play on uh, Punch Drunk Love, yeah. a film from P.T. Anderson. So uh, it. There's an Instagram, there's a Facebook and a Twitter. If you're savvy, you could maybe find it. Again, there's nothing there yet, but uh But you can look there coming. for updates, yeah. Hopefully soon. All right, yes, sweet. Hopefully in the next month or so. We're going to throw out some promotions when we get back. Michael has a quick this for us. Hey, Cammy. Hey, Bryant. What do Robin Hood, Vlad the Impaler, and Mothman have in common? IDK, what? Well, they're all topics on our podcast, Mystery, where each week we discuss a new myth and the history behind it. That's Myth Story with an I-E. See you then. I like that podcast. I'll check it out for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds, sounds super interesting. Excited to have them on the network with us for sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right, Michael. All right. So guys, have you all ever heard of a franchise known as Warhammer? Yes. Yes. I know nerds play it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very nerdy (laughs) thing. So I'm getting back to my roots here. (laughs) You live here, man. There's no going back. Well, I felt like after I did the whole, like, the big game superb owl situation that I earned myself back into the normalcy of human society. And now no, I'm just because before that you did one on anime girls. Shut up. The world is <laughs> no, I didn't. No, <laughs> but now it's time Shut to delve up. back into the world of degeneracy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so basically Warhammer is this, whole uh is this franchise that encompasses both a futuristic sci-fi setting as well as a like typical like more typical fantasy setting and it's centered around this game that started as like a tabletop war game and like a tabletop war game is essentially where it's like you have a bunch of like mini figures like you would for like D&D and you place them a- over top of like a grid that has like its own environment roll a bunch of dice determine the outcome strategy is involved And bada bing, bada boom, you've got a full on uh, game that has its own subculture. Um, And recently I so typically I go through cycles where I am obsessed with something and it's all I can think of for like weeks on end. And that'll last like a month and then it's just gone and I forget about it. Uh, Warhammer has been my recent example of this, Uh, specifically Warhammer 40K. 
So the whole idea of this is that you, we are humanity in the year 40,000, the 41st millennium. Uh, and the, the title of the game, or essentially the subtitle of the game is In the Grim Darkness of the Far Future, There is Only War, which encompasses so much of what this is. Uh, wow. Warhammer is known for being a grim, dark setting. Essentially, what that means is that Nobody is a good guy. There is no such thing as a good guy when it comes to this. You can play as humanity. Humanity is this uh, religious cult-like imperialistic society that revolves around the god emperor of mankind uh, and the religion that is built up around him. You have uh, things like Tyranids. Tyranids, like if, if you played, if you ever played Starcraft, for example, uh, the Zerg in Starcraft or a good analogy to uh, basically a good example is like it's a bunch of uh, insects that essentially go around the universe as a giant hive mind to consume just anything they can get their hands on. Uh, so you the have flood like and Halo might be. A, yeah, uh, that's a good example. Um, then you have like the gods of chaos, which are like analogous beings that just exist because of like our collective thoughts and emotions. Um and you can choose to become any one of these people. And so you kind of getting into 40K, you buy into this whole example of like, I am going to be a not good person. Like I can choose to like portray myself as a good person within that. But like no one's actually good. So like for me, hmm. like I really have been enjoying this idea of building an army of people known as the Black Templars, which is this like. It goes super against like everything that I believe in, but like it's just kind of fun to play with because like this ultra zealous, ultra, ultra religious, like if you do not kneel in the name of the God Emperor of mankind, you will be smote down uh, and be killed outright. Um, but Warhammer is just such a very fascinating environment and community because it is known to be such a huge money sink. Um Pretty much like anyone who gets involved with Warhammer, it's like you are putting not just hundreds, but possibly thousands of dollars into this. And that's not getting. Yeah. Oh, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) But you are definitely not getting a. And this also comes with like you are not getting painted miniature figures. You are not getting a set up environment. A lot of it is you are getting a like something you have to paint and put your own artistic spin on, which is (laughs) something that I personally appreciate. But it is a very different subsection of nerd culture that I have just been found finding myself very interested in recently that I feel like needs to be talked about a little bit and at least get shown a little bit of uh, not respect, maybe because it's definitely <laughs> respect is not the word I would use, but uh, respect. recognition. This is like this is like in the movies, like the old, old movies where they would show like the Civil War happening or like an emperor trying to like sees into like Cleopatra's land of uh of Egypt and like they have those big sticks with all of the like men in front of it and they push all of the men into a certain place yep. and they're like then we go this way and that way and attack from here and flank and whatnot. <laughs> yep, it's <laughs> that what but it with dice. Like. With dice so to make D with that. Yeah, essentially. Essentially, and except for like instead of thinking about like real life, you're thinking about mm-hmm. like a gothic church themed uh, giant spacecraft flying through the void. Uh, yeah, that's some nerd shit right oh, there. Yeah. Okay. I'm into All it. Right. I'm on board. <laughs> Wolf, do you have any any say on this? 
seems dense. (laughs) (laughs) It just seems like a lot of like heady uh, nerd stuff that um, now you've never even played D and D before. You've never even played D and D before, have you? No, I no no <laughs> no. But I'd love to. <laughs> we we need to. I, I'm open to we it. We need to do a, a one shot special episode. Yeah, where we just like Michael, you run D and D for the three of us. Hey, I would love to do another uh, another run of Dungeons and Daddies with. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, we all mm. played. We all played dads who were transported into uh the mythical world of D and D. But we were like my. I was like Chris Angel, but he was a forty year old father. <laughs> so <laughs> that was fun yeah mind freak uh, mind freak uh. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to swallow there guys let's let's go ahead and end it before we step into territory we can't come back from daddy's what i specialize <laughs> As always, in we thank you guys so much for watching if you guys have anything that you want to hear us cover the three of us not wolf though we do appreciate you coming on uh and we hope to have you back soon. If you guys have anything that you want to see us cover, uh, anything in the realm of entertainment, go ahead and shoot us an email. We are entertainthispodcast at gmail.com. You can also find our social medias on Twitter. We are entertain underscore this. Uh, you can find us on Instagram. We are username entertain this podcast. Check out our website, www.entertainthis.net, or you can find us on thescenesnobs.com. We want to once again thank the scene snobs for having us on their network. And uh, they have a great variety of shows over on their network. You should check out all of them. Again, if you visit that website I just mentioned, uh, you could check all those out. But most importantly, please send us recommendations for future episodes. Uh, entertain us so we can entertain you. And you entertain this we'll see you next friday goodbye bye bye this episode of entertain this was written by nick wolf with additional commentary from michael savoya nick mustakangas and alex Steele. our theme music is rush rumble by aaron spencer with interstitial music by djw tune in every friday for new episodes and thanks for listening